You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Welcome back to the Faith Roots Podcast. We're talking about resisting the devil. And uh, earlier in the podcast, I said that we would go 20 episodes on this when we're actually going to only do 15, uh, but they're going to be 15 really good ones. And we're going to cover all the material that I'd hoped to cover in uh, my original plan. So I uh, just wanted to forewarn you that. First uh, Peter 5.8 says this, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion. He isn't one, but he tries to appear as one, seeking whom he may devour. Now, the scripture says here that the devil is your adversary. Now, he is an adversary. He walks like a roaring lion, but he is an adversary. And he operates as an adversary. And the word antidikos in the Greek language means an opponent in a lawsuit actually a plaintiff. Now, since we are called into trials, and since we have God as our judge, the legal definition of what the devil is, an adversary, fits perfectly. Also, the Bible says that both Jesus and the Holy Spirit are advocates for us, which means counsel for the defense. So it's helpful to compare our natural trials that we see uh, in this world in the court system to the spiritual attacks that come against us by the work of the enemy. And it's important to understand this, that the judge never brings a case. Even in our legal system, the judge doesn't uh, bring a case. It is a plaintiff of some kind or another. It's evil in a civil case. It's a plaintiff who has a complaint against a, a defendant, or it is a prosecutor working for some agency of the government who is bringing about the case. The judge is hearing the case as an arbiter between the two sides. So the judge is not the adversary. The plaintiff is the adversary, or the accuser is the adversary, and all of these words uh, appropriately describe Satan. So he is our judge. James 1.12 said this, Let no man say when he is tempted. That means you're brought into a trial. Anytime you're being tempted, you have been called into court. Think of it like that. You're in a courtroom. What will you say? How will you answer? A lot of people think that they can outlast a temptation. Years ago, uh, I bought a piece of property from a gentleman who had lost in a lawsuit. He didn't even bother to attend court. He didn't show up. So therefore, the plaintiff in the case won a summary judgment against this man, a judgment for about $50,000. I owed this man some money because I bought property from him and was about to begin payments. I didn't know anything about the lawsuit that he'd gone through. And so I was about to make payments, and before I could make the first payment, I got a legal notice from him and a legal record from him that now his father was the one who was going to hold our note, and I should be making my payments to the father. Now, not long after that, I was served with a, a, a garnishment of payment 
through a marshal who came to my ministry, and I didn't know what to think of it. At first, I'd never dealt with anything like this before. And I tried to explain to him that I technically did not owe this man any money. He didn't even listen to me because it's not his place to do that. His place was to deliver the summons. So I called the attorney on the other end of the line. And I said, listen, I technically don't owe this man any money. Uh, It's his father that I'm told that I'm to make the payments to. I've got the legal document right here. He said, is that your answer? Well, I said, "I, I, I suppose I don't know what else I would say. So this attorney promptly went out and put a lien against the property we had bought. Now, we were borrowing money from a bank to wrap this property and some construction money for building on it. It was actually what we were doing for Draggles USA. Uh, I was going to do that and couldn't do it because of the lien on the property. So we obtained a lawyer, and the lawyer went to bat for us, and immediately the judge threw out that claim, and we were able to get the money we needed and so forth. But I learned a lot about the legal system right then. And I thought I was dealing in honesty and in fairness, and and there were certain people who thought I was in cahoots with this guy who uh, had tried to dodge the summons and tried to dodge the garnishment and so forth. I had nothing to do with it. I thought I was being honest with the other side. So anyway, we prevailed. But I learned about the importance of having good counsel. Had I not had an attorney... I would have been taken to the cleaners. That attorney made such a difference. I'm going to tell you something. I learned something about that. When you are in a trial here in this world, when the devil attacks, you need to be on the same page as your attorney. Your attorney. You don't need to speak your own opinions, or your own ideas. You need to get legal counsel. Just the other day, another issue came up that had nothing to do with me, nothing to do with our church or organization, had to do with someone else. I had given some counsel to a layperson about what I thought might be good in in this situation. And uh, anyway, just to be safe, we checked with our church's attorneys. Their counsel was totally different than what I had said. And I saw the wisdom of what they had to say. And uh, in, 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 in all honesty and fairness, I was thinking uh, that I was doing the right thing. But I didn't realize that there were a couple of minor things in my statements that could have exposed us. So it's good to have good legal counsel. And so that's what this is all about. When you go into a trial, you better listen to your defense counsel. All right, so let no one say when he's tempted, I'm tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. We have good news. We have a judge who cannot be bribed. He cannot be influenced politically. He was not appointed by a particular president on one side or the other. He is completely fair, and he is after the truth. He is the God of truth and the God of light. And so it's good to know that when we're in a trial, we get a fair judge. Now, that still doesn't mean you're going to win. You have to know how to cooperate with your attorney. So I want to read to you from the book of Isaiah, chapter 43, verses five or 25 and 26. This is New King James Version. Listen to this. 
I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake. In other words, the person who said this had a vested interest in your transgressions being taken away. That could be none other than Jesus. It was his blood that was shed so that our transgressions could be forgiven. And I will not remember your sins. Then he says, put me in remembrance. What does that mean? Remind me of my promises. That's what he's saying. A lot of people say God doesn't need to be reminded of his word. Why then did he say this? It wasn't that he had forgotten it, but he wanted this to be declared in the court before the judge and in the face of the accuser so that you could be justified. Listen to this. Put me in remembrance. Let us contend together. Now, God isn't saying, let's me and you argue about this. That isn't what he's saying. He's saying, let's get on the same page so that we are speaking exactly the same thing. State your case that you may be acquitted. Wow. You will be acquitted if you agree with your defense attorney. If you blow him off and go in on your own and, and offer your own opinions, you're going to get beaten. All right? This is all legal language. In fact, our entire legal system is based upon the courts of heaven, the laws of Scripture, the laws uh, of God, and uh, that you can see the evidence of that. And our early fathers here in the United States saw these things, and they crafted our legal system accordingly. Now, the Scripture is our evidence. Listen to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. If you need evidence to be acquitted, you don't talk about your sins. The devil wants to remind you of your sins, but there is an evidence that is greater. And the greater evidence says that your sins are no longer an issue. It isn't saying you didn't sin. It is saying that they are no longer an issue because they were paid for, they were washed away, and they do not exist anymore. They're gone. You need to remember that. Now listen, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. Now, the word reproof in this Scripture, 2 Timothy 3.16, in Strong's Concordance, it's elenchos, and it means evidence as well as reproof. Now, it is translated evidence elsewhere in the New Testament as in Hebrews 11.6. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So, our faith and the Scripture that our faith is based on. And, and let me just say this. Faith in faith means nothing. Faith in faith itself means absolutely nothing. If faith is not based on the Word of God, and you can see in Hebrews chapter 11 that all faith that is described in these faith heroes, all of it began when a word from God came to whatever individual is described. And so the word is evidence, and the faith that that word begets is also evidence. So you're coming with a dual testimony. You are coming with God's word, and then with your word, your word of faith, along with what God has said. Our faith is accepted by the judge 
as evidence for acquittal. Let me read this again from Isaiah. Put me in remembrance. Let us contend together. State your case that you may be acquitted. Wow. That's powerful. So this is how you resist the devil. You learn to agree with your attorney. That's all the time I have for today's lesson, but we'll pick up here tomorrow. See you then. I want to thank you for watching our podcast today. And if you really liked it, would you please give us a little thumbs up by clicking on that sign down below. And then I would encourage you to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any of our future podcasts because they're all going to be good. And if you would like to support us financially, either with a one-time gift or recurring gift, you can do that by clicking on the link below or going to myfaithroots.com. Thank you so much for watching this program. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.